You know what it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a baby radio episode. I think seven? I want to say seven, but we need to stop counting because it's about to get too far. But yeah, this might be one of my favorite episodes. Yeah, we we officially on episode. We I think we really gonna take it there. I think we really gonna take it there. Before this this episode started, we started with a song. Um, called Toxic by an R&B songstress named Kalani. It's the intro to our new album. Make sure you check our album out. Because I think toxicity is a, is a real thing now. How you feel about the, the 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 idea, term, whatever? Let me tell you something. I love that we like to call stuff out now. But I feel like we pick and choose what we call out. You know, um, your friends be toxic, to be honest. You know, there's a lot of bad behaviors. If we define toxicity, like, I don't know, it's multi-layered. I'm hoping this episode helps me, you know, filter through some of these issues and figure it out because it's, it's, it is serious. Toxicity is a thing. And when I think of it as behavior being toxic, like chemicals are toxic and how it messes up stuff around it. I agree. I definitely think that's, that's a thing. But what do we label as toxic? Now that's where I'm like, gray area. Yeah, so we're looking at like the definition of toxic. So it's something that's been around, like um, people think as far as pop culture or, or social media culture, people talking about toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. Overall, we can like, I think this episode, let's look at, at toxic from a wide standpoint and then we can break it down in different forms. Yeah. So I think first what we should do is define it. Okay, you got to start at the root of it. Like, what's I, the definition? What do you think it means? Exactly. I think I think we can bring somebody on who is, um, I think, extremely intelligent, belittles her knowledge. I think um, overtly experienced um, doesn't give the clout needed to the things she's experienced in life and in her mind, and she hasn't experienced in her future. And just in general, her being a young woman, a grown woman, a woman who stands on her own. I think I think she can bring us a good definition. So right now we want to bring in. Matter of fact, you introduce it for certain reasons. Well, you know, I'm going to introduce this young lady because apparently she just she got the answers. You know, she's going to define the definition based on knowledge, experience. Um, I want to say unbiased views. Mm. Just this young lady. I grew up with her and I've known unbiasedness our entire life and she forces me to question things so at this time let's bring on Manar Solomon the great the great hey y'all hello it feels great to be in your presence even digitally be like please you the boss man chill 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 so we're here today hold on Manar back a little bit so we can see you yeah, yeah, the silhouette of greatness. Put the whole thing on there. We're here mm-hmm. today to measure toxicity. This episode right. is called Measuring Toxicity. Um, but before we go forward and dive into it from a personal standpoint, from a worldly standpoint, like what does this toxic thing even mean? When, I, when was the first time you heard about like toxic as far as like, you know, the lives we live? What, what, what do you, when did it come about? Um, I think it came about a couple years ago. I feel like the word was discovered and people ran with it real quick. You know, like anything that wasn't what they thought was good was toxic. Like 
anything that didn't align with people's views was automatically toxic. Um, that's not really how it goes in my head, you know? I'm, I'm a science person, for one. So toxic, to me, first definition is going to be anything relating to or caused by what? Poison. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So we got... Right we, got we have an official baby radio definition of toxic. Let me write right. this down. Say, say that louder for the people. Okay, anything relating to or caused by poison is what toxic means. So in a human standpoint, I think it's anything that's harmful, you know, um, to a person's being. Mm. Um, whether that's your physical, mental, spiritual self, that's toxic. And or anything that depreciates or attempts to depreciate your value. Oh, I don't think anything can depreciate your value, but it attempts. Anything, so that, anything that attempts to depreciate your, your value. Your value. So, so just to catch up before, uh, yeah, I'm sure she got a question for you. We got three, you know, break the definition down in three parts. Mm -hmm. At least what I got. Anything toxic, a noun in 2020, anything related to are caused by poison. Right. Anything that's harmful to a person's being and anything, emphasis on the anything, that attempts to depreciate your value. Right. That's my definition. Yeah, I ain't got nothing to add to that. Based on that definition, um, and I agree. I mean, based on what you said, like, especially starting off scientifically, something that's poisonous. So something that's poisonous to you. Right. That last one, and I love the order that you gave it because attempts to depreciate your value. Whoo! It's a lot out here. But it has to attempt because things aren't supposed to be able to. So that ties into some people are toxic to themselves. You allow things to, so now are you the toxic one? So it's not him. Like, let's use example for it. So it's not him that's toxic. He not doing nothing crazy. I'm allowing it. So I'm the toxic person in that relationship. To myself. So let's take it from a relationship standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's where it originated, you know, for me, whether we talking about um, future or whether we talking about future. Um <laughs> It got to a point where we, I'm a music guy, so we look at, you You, you, you up there on DJ status with me, even without the party. Oh. But if we go back and look at, you know, R&B, um, certain sounds, it was kind of separation when, when love came, when it came to like mm -hmm. pleading for love, you know, being honest about the love. Crying in the rain for love, okay? All of that. Mm -hmm. All of that. So, so I think we hit a point to where I guess that term toxic came in because you could kind of degrade a situation or I don't know if degrade is the right word. We say depreciate a situation. The situation. Intentionally and brag about it, right? Mm -hmm. And still move forward in building that relationship. So from your standpoint, how does the word toxic apply to relationships? From my standpoint, honestly, I think it's overused in relationships. I think 
we have become accustomed to painting this picture of people and then when they do not align with the standard that we have for them or for them in our lives we automatically call them toxic but really we just lost the the art of seeing people for who they are because nine times out of ten people will show you exactly who they are so we we straight away from that started painting these images of people when they don't meet up to that image we're like dang they're toxic no that's not really the case that's not always the case so in that sense with your definition and how you feel about toxicity and how it's used in relationships do you feel like someone is labeled toxic poison is poisonous to everybody right so if there's poison in this room whether you walk in it whether be white walking whether i walk in it we all gonna get poisoned so Can I personalize that person like, oh, they're toxic, but you meet them and they're the best thing in the world. So was that person really toxic? That's my point. That's my point. It's somebody, somebody might take you at face value. Somebody else might, you know, be like, well, you're not, you're not aligning with my needs. So So they might be able to call you toxic, but the next person that's taking you at face value can think like this is the best thing since sliced bread. Like, so do you think future is toxic? Because I feel like future is toxic. Okay, here we go. I personally don't because he shows you who he is. He shows you, like, but if somebody is honest with you, that's not really toxic. He's telling you this is who I am. He's showing you this is who I am. You're walking into the trap, and then you're like, so now, so now, let me use your definition against you very quickly. Okay. Okay. Nowhere in there did it say toxicity is the hidden poison. It's not secret. He told us who he was. He's still poisonous. So nowhere in there did it say it had to be hidden or manipulative. Okay. By the science definition, yes. By the somebody that is harmful, you have to allow somebody to harm you. If you were never in my life, how can you harm me? T- but see, listen, that doesn't take away... That is about their, my, the reaction I get. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't, a poison ivy tree is not, it's still poison ivy whether, whether I rub it on my arm or not. Right. So that's what I'm saying. We cannot say, even though I decided to rub it on me, all of a sudden it became toxic. Now I'm the toxic person. If that thing poison is this poison is over here, over there, everywhere. That is true. But if nobody's walking in the forest, guess what? Nobody's going to get poisoned. But is is the is is this still poisonous? Did the tree fall even though you didn't hear it? Whether it hurt somebody or not. We can't I think we can't measure toxicity based on your reach, your ability. A lot of people call future like they over exaggerate his toxicity because of his reach, because he's famous, right. because he's a celebrity. Honey, if future was a nerd in a corner doing the same behavior he doing, that is still a toxic nerd, okay? That like, is, no, I can, I can agree, excuse me, I can agree to that, but I just, I, I personally think a person is as toxic as you allow, I guess, in my, mm, I cheated tried on that, but I still, I still believe, like, you're walking into it, so I can't. I think we can, we, can we agree that the harm done by that person is based on us? If I decide to walk right. in that room and inhale that poison... That causes me to be negligence, and now I'm dumb. But it doesn't. I, I stop, definitely agree to that. But it don't stop the room from being poisonous, right? All right. I can agree to that for sure. 
So let's so let's take it to another level. When we're talking about us being able to make decisions as far as the relationships we place ourselves in, um, from a worldly view, again, the definition that we have deemed it as, we have no arguments with you, toxic being anything related to or caused by poison, anything that's harmful to a person's being and anything that attempts to depreciate your value. So let's take it out of relationships and from a world standpoint, how, Manar, in your life, your experiences, what you view today in 2020, how is the world toxic? I think, okay, I'm going to say the world is toxic because I think there are moments where we are not allowed to think for ourselves. Okay, we are allowed, but we've gone in this motion of moving in like a herd instead of being individuals. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of times where you find yourself trying to keep up or you're trying to live by somebody else's rules and it's not the best for you. So you're causing harm. And I'm, I'm not the one to be like, oh, you're, you're always the cause of your own problems. But a lot of times you definitely walk around with a mirror. We're not even about to sit up here on Beyonce's internet and act like Menard don't walk around with a mirror. Every time you tell her something wrong, she'd be like, but have you looked at yourself lately? <laughs> you feel me? Like I might be the problem, but you might be part of the problem too. That's so, real. Yeah, I think it's I think it's toxic in that way. I think it's people aren't being individuals anymore. People aren't, you know, thinking for themselves. The world is really like moving on this. You have to be a specific person to find success. You have to be a specific person to find love or like Would you call that the poison? That's that's the poison. I think mindsets are the poison. Mm. I think I think that's what it is. Um, we're losing individuality. That's poisonous. So as you define toxicity, the term toxic for a baby, I feel like something you're saying, you're, you're basically letting us know that we have a decision to let toxic into our lives or not. Like it all, it's all based on us. It, it ain't got nothing to do with what's going on out here, whatever the enemy is talking about whatever um, trials and tribulations that the world is throwing at us, we have a decision to have a mindset that's toxic or not. I'm going to say it's not all based on the world and everybody around us. Cause at the end of the day, like people have to be accountable for themselves and others. But I do think there's a big portion of it that you play a role in, in your own life. Like you, you ultimately have the control. I'm not saying there's other, there's not other factors that play a you know, play a part, but I feel like at the end of the day, you have the biggest role in your life. You wake up with yourself every day. You live with yourself. So what are you going to do about it? How are you going to move? I'm agree with that, but you know what? I'm agree is that's the damage. The damage that toxicity costs. That toxicity is separately poison mm -hmm. is poison whether you touch it or not. That's just how I feel about it. The damage that comes from it, that's self. That's your decision. You see warning signs, you see poison, whatever it is. But like a venomous snake is venomous regardless. Whether he used it or not, he venomous. So I can definitely agree to that. I do think um, just even, you know, growing up with Yaya, we've always had, this is the different mindsets that we've <laughs> always had. Like I'm always like a, yeah, do for yourself. Don't worry about what's going on over there person. So yeah, I can see that though. 
I definitely think that's dope. I think that's dope. And, and, and we appreciate you coming in to define toxic for us. And I think from a simpler standpoint, you, you definitely define it on a, I think a view that a lot of people aren't, aren't even willing to connect with the idea that there's top, there are things out here that if I'm toxic, I allow it into myself. But from a, from a viewpoint of like something small, like, like somebody who is filled with hatred, somebody who's evil, um, somebody who wants the worst for you, um, how do you deal with things like that, that are, that by your definition are toxic, how do you deal with those type of things that exist in the world? Um, I feel like if there's somebody, you know, in my space that I feel like is bringing me down, um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a very, like, I'm not gonna say forgiving, but I'm a very, like, chances person, like, you know, maybe someone sudden change, or maybe they were going through a rough time, but at the end of the day, if you're bringing me down, you're, what, depreciating my value? No, you gotta go, <laughs> like, you gotta go. there's not, and it's not like that I'm a, I'm just cut you off you cold turkey, but I'm definitely going to love you from afar. I'm definitely going to, you know, have a little stiff arm on you for a second. Like you, you can't come in here. This is positive energy. You All right. aren't bringing that to the table. My last question. I got one right after this too. I'll follow you. <laughs> Do you feel like every person has toxic behaviors or abilities in them? Is that part yeah. of human nature? I think it's, a, I think it's innate. I do. I think anyone has the ability to harm somebody else, um, whether they want to or not. I think you just have that ability. Whether that other person allows you that power over them or not, that's different. But I do think everyone has that ability. Hmm. Okay. okay. And my last question now that <laughs> if, right, mm -hmm. if there's a government that as strategic goals to keep a certain group of people down. Mm -hmm. If there's a society who looks at black people or minorities in general around the world and looks at them as less than, mm -hmm. or if there's a culture that looks at women, makes things harder for them. Mm -hmm. By definition, they're toxic by how I described them. How do you then deal with that as a basically a, a part of our world that that you can't just run from? You can't control. Like it's not a part okay. of your. It's not in your control. One, I'm gonna throw out the if because that all of that exists. That's happening right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I think it's two ways. I'm very big on combating things strategically too. Like if the government is against you, find a way to get in the. Excuse me. I'm not even going to say find a way to get in the government, but I just don't think the outside world should, I guess, poison your inner self. Like, you can be an angry person because this and this and this is going on and, you know, you want to stand up for your rights and you're allowed that. You're allowed to be almost filled with hate, I'm going to say. But I just feel like your inner spirit, soul, how you go on about your day-to-day -day life, I I just choose not to allow that to bring allow that to bring me down. She tells you me don't like, let the world taint you. Right. Absolutely do not ever let the world taint you. You can fight the world and you can be angry about it while you're doing it. You're allowed that. 
but your spirit, I'm not going to let the world take me. Here we go. I think I think that's the best note to end on as far as how we're going to define it, because what we believe in over here is self-awareness and we can make a decision to, to not only place ourselves in certain environments that will um, help us change, progress or grow. But we also have a mindset that says whatever challenge comes to us, we can then make a decision on how it affects us. And I think I took that from you. I don't know if I took it the wrong way or took it the right way, no. took it the left way or took it the straight yeah. way. But I appreciate, you know, that decision you've given us. Thank of you. Course. Of course. Thank y'all for having me. We're going to agree to disagree on some of this stuff, but I agree with toxicity. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Bye, Bye. Bye. It's on you, man. She hit it on the head. She hit it on the head as far as like defining it. Yeah. But I think it's a great area consistently on what applies and what doesn't. Like everything in life is situational. Everything yeah. in life, even things that have rules, you find ways that they're not fully followed consistently. And I'm excited to get our rest of our guests on this because I know, just based on the chat on the side, I know this is about to be what I need because let me tell you. Yeah, we might be here longer than an hour because it's just, I think a lot of honesty is going to lead to like some answers. Yeah. You know? Because as far as that definition goes, I agree. But whether I allow you to poison me or not, mm -hmm. you're poisonous. And we just have to address that. You're still poisonous. That's just that's just that on that. It plays a factor. So before we let this next person in, I don't know if he's listening or not. You take over first, right? I want you to you do, you go in as as you know finite and specific as possible. Okay. And then I think I got some stuff that maybe to wrap up. If not, we'll take it from there. All right. We, we the best live show possible, so we're gonna put that out for he jump phone. But right now. We're going to bring on a, a young guy, an individual, a young man. I can't even say a guy who, who spins for us, our in-house DJ for post and pre of Baby Radio and any, any DJ you need in general, South Carolina, North Carolina, Georgia. You should be hiring him in general. Um, so right now we want to bring in one of the most honest people I know, a young man trying to grow, Mr. Tony Graham. Woo! It's funny that you said the most honest person because I was sitting here thinking, is everyone who's who you ever encountered, is that would they think that as well? Uh-oh. About perspective. It's all about perspective. No, nah, I'm the most honest person in the world. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing all right. How y'all doing? Good. I saw you was enjoying that. You felt like when I was speaking up for y'all. Oh yeah, facts. Everything she said was facts. Here you go. It's all it's all about choices. I think about choices, but like we just said, it's poisonous whether you touch it or not. Like we we gotta address that part. We can't address the I think a lot of people wanna talk about the harm mm -hmm. instead of the core. I don't mm -hmm. care if you hurt 60 people. It's their fault that they let you. But we can't say that you're not poisonous. Not you in in particular. No attacks here, but I'm just saying we have to address nah, that's where the honesty comes in at though. If I tell you day one. That this is this is what you're gonna get. This is who I am. Then but that's your poison. poisonous. Yeah. No. If I tell you that I'm poisonous, if I tell you that I'm poisonous, <laughs> why you gonna tell me? If you tell me that you're poisonous, then you're admitting you're poisonous. 
And some people, man. It just all depends. If I tell you I'm a bite, then whether I bite you or not, I'm a bite. Like, it, it is what it is. But I'm excited to have this talk with you. Because yeah. I feel like, in particularly to relationships, a lot of men, and I'm going to say women too, but a lot of people think that honesty cancels out toxicity. It does not. No, nah, it don't at all. I it tell you that not. right now. It don't at all. Like zero percent. Being honest does not make you like that's and I think that's what I keep wanting to beat on your head. Telling me you're poisonous does not make you less poisonous. Mm. I'ma still die. But it's still your choice. What but if you I do? die, it's not your fault. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's your choice. But you, you still can't get, you can't get upset at me for but being you agree that you're poisonous. Like that. <laughs> but you can't, get, you can't get upset with me for me being myself. Again, we're, right. we're talking about reactions. Tell me this. That's what's worse? Like you just said earlier, she said that everybody has some toxic yeah. uh, problems with them. So you telling me I am who's worse? The person who tells you from day one they're toxic, or once you get into a relationship exactly. with them you know, and then they reveal how then you see how toxic they are. But now you're adding more aspects to the equation. Now we're measuring toxicity as in who's worse. But I'm just trying to get people to, before we can start measuring toxicity. Like yeah. in this episode, we gotta admit that it's there. Oh yeah, it's there. It's definitely there. I can't yeah. admit my toxic, my toxic trait. You know how that's what they say on Twitter. Yeah. On Twitter, they ask, "What's your toxic trait?" My toxic trait is I'm a runner, and I justify that with, if I'm not getting what I want, God don't want me to settle. Get, let me get on through. So it's not out of fear, but you know what I'm saying. Like, but my toxic trait is. I'm quick to, you know, you watch Everybody Hates Chris when she'd be like, I don't need this. My man got two jobs. Yeah. That's my theory in every single <laughs> life. Job, school, people. It's like, I know that's my toxic trait. But my toxic trait, I think this is where it gets weird. It affects other people, but it affects me more. Right? Yeah. So what would your toxic trait be? Uh, my toxic trait is... That I give you me from day one, you know what I'm saying? I give you me from day one, and then I know like it takes like you gotta throw logic out, like when it, especially when it comes to dealing with me, you gotta throw logic out. So <laughs> my toxic trait is I give you all of me day one, like I give you like who I am day one, and then it, like most people, like ninety percent of people can't do that. Like they need to adjust and then become comfortable with you, da 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 da. But by the time you get comfortable with me. But it's two months, three months, five months down the road. I'm like, why you couldn't do this to, from the beginning? So now I'm just like, I'm cool on you. So your trait is you like the chase. That's yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, real quick. I'm not trying to jump in, but <laughs> our definition of toxic for today, right? But all of us are claiming we have toxic traits. Anything related to or caused by poison. Which in that answer is what we're talking about now. That means we have poison within us that we're outlaying out. Anything that's harmful to a person's being, meaning what we have within us is harming someone else. And anything that attempts to depreciate your value, meaning we can make actions that actually don't even align to the value that the person or thing trying to appreciate, you know, it doesn't even align to that. So y'all keep going. Appreciate your honesty, Tonto. Keep let's keep going. I'm I'm here. I'm, I'm here too, bro. <laughs> so, 
based on your, you know, elongated definition or explanation, your toxic trait is you enjoy the the chase. Because, yeah, because when a person matches your relax, you off of it. Yeah, facts. It's just like, why you just ain't do this from the beginning? I just feel like people, me personally, like I said, y'all remember that throw logic out? You got to be even with what you just said. So she relaxes after two months and you're like, why you ain't just do this in the beginning? And yeah. that, right. So why you ain't leave before she relaxed? Why, why was, why was the period of her not being herself? Oh, not- because I'm going to make you love me. See? You like the chase. Thank you for enjoying it. That's all. <laughs> I'm going to make you love me. Like you going to love me by the time I'm done. Like you going to love me. There's no question about it. Well, why? Why will make you love me? Oh, because like I'm a I'm a great person. I think I'm a great guy. <laughs> that toxic that toxicity is fuming off my computer, okay? And it's all love, but it's it's a it's a sense of I'm gonna make you love me because I need validation that I'm that and I'm I'm that nigga. I'm that lovable. And the fact that you didn't let, love me from the beginning, you wanted me to question myself. But now that I got you to love me, thanks for affirming. On to the next. Yeah, facts, because you should have just believed me in the beginning. So now I'm I'm working to prove you wrong. No, I wouldn't necessarily say working. I wouldn't working. I wouldn't. It ain't like I just I'm oh you. to prove to you that I am worthy of your love. Yeah. And when you finally open up and let me have it, bored. I wouldn't necessarily say you're bored. It's just like, damn. It's, more, it's like, damn, why you couldn't just do this from the beginning, bro? Like, we could have had so much more fun. But you, no. That, <laughs> that, honestly, out of everything that's toxic, that's probably the most toxic statement. Because you truly believe that. You would not have had fun if she was open from the beginning. Yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Now that she finally let you in. I don't think so. Now that she finally <laughs> let you in, you're holding on to something that happened two months ago. You had nothing to work for. Hold on to everything. Oh, yeah, I think it was logic. No, it's not. It's not about logic. It's about a sense. You talked about the external effects of this toxicity. You yep. talked about what it looks like. Not once did you talk about what it feels like to you internally. Oh, because to me internally, like I said from the beginning, I say, let's say I start talking to somebody. I'm gonna tell you up front that I don't want a girlfriend at all. Like, I'm going to tell you that. I don't want a girlfriend. Why, I, why is that, though? Well, I explained this uh, earlier today, but I don't want to. Me, personally, I don't want a girlfriend. It's like, I don't think you guys will understand it, but for myself, I understand it. All right. If I find, like, a woman, you know, that likes me, loves me, da 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 I feel like I'm going to get complacent with that. And it's like, why do I need to better myself when she loves me? Like, I'm cool. The reason why I do that, I have no idea, but that's just how I feel. You feel like not? I feel like you're putting more emphasis on the title because do you feel like? Yeah. E. Actually, you know what? That's perfect. What you just said is perfect. You feel like if you find someone who loves you exactly as you are, you're gonna become complacent. Yeah. So, the act of pursuing these people is like working out to you. It's like, oh, stay on my toes, stay on my toes, and as soon as the, as soon as it becomes equilibrium, as soon as you, you ran up that hill, you're like, mm, need another hill. Yeah, facts. 
Like you, you explained it perfectly. Like that's that's exactly who I am. Like I just I get to a point. Brian knows this. He knows my personal life. I get to a point, and I get to a certain point with somebody, and then it's like, all right, what's the next challenge? Let me tell you my other toxic trait. My toxic trait is trying to trust people when that's just really how you are. You know what I'm saying? Say that one more time. Trying to fix people when it's really this just that's just you. So accepting that everybody does not need compatibility. That everybody does not. Now, I don't agree with, I guess, your maneuver in relationships, because it could as as much as it may not be harmful to you, it's harmful to somebody else, whether you told them from the beginning or not. You know what I'm saying? So although you can move on with your life regularly, there is someone out there and you are the villain, like you are the peak of why they are the way they are. And we're going to jump into that series that, you know, next month, but it's like, you are the reason why they treat their friends this way. You are, you know, so that I don't agree with, but they're not settling down. I'm learning to be okay with not sitting here and being like, Tony, do you have commitment issues? Do you need a hug? Is that like, I'm learning that, there are literally 50, 40, 60 year old men and women who are constantly okay with the chase. Like that's just your lifestyle. The issue is you need to find someone who's okay with that lifestyle too. Not someone who likes commitment and turn them. That's where the toxicity actually becomes like what Menar was saying. That person needs to know that they're walking into a room full of poison, period. But my thing is, uh, as far as them, like you said, uh, taking somebody who's like, who loves commitment, who wants commitment, and then me just being with the chase. My thing is, and I don't, like, I don't just say this from day one. I say this from the beginning. I say, if you want to leave, you can leave. Everybody knows that. But so nobody, like, my thing you know, is, it's my fault. I'm masters. It's not about having that. You could, I, obviously I could leave, but it's something about that mental breakdown that causes someone not to leave. It's, it's something about the love that you're giving them, whether you call it love or not. So I, Because that. nobody wants to make choices no more. People don't want to make choices. They don't want to make choices because they feel like they're going to feel bad for making that choice. Yeah. If you I to jump in because, whoo! <laughs> like you going to feel bad for making choice. We're looking, at, we're looking at something that's a lot, and we can, you know, we, we schedule the next month, and I think we can, like, dive into a lot of the topics that we've addressed today uh, from a from a broader standpoint, because my connection with um, with Tony it comes from it comes from that honesty, and so my question is at the gate at the gate where do you believe what you mentioned earlier where do you believe this toxic trait stemmed from? Me being complacent and then me what uh I gotta say uh I've been I'm the villain in somebody's story. And you don't know you're the villain until you're told you're the villain. And then once, depending on who that person is that's telling you the story, uh, you don't know how it, how they feel. And then once they tell you the story and you see how they feel, and you're trying to imagine yourself like, I never meant, like you tell yourself, I never meant to make you, like, do you any harm. But once they tell you that story, then it's like, damn, I got to do something. And so it's now it's trying to... <clears throat> Now it's more on me trying to prove to the next woman that 
I'm getting there. I'm working on it. I'm a way better man. Da, da, da. I'm not trying to, I'm not here to try to hurt you. I just don't want a girlfriend right now. Okay. So I think that doesn't answer Brian's question. I think that answers Brian. No. Why are you be, why, that answers why you became more honest. It's cool. Yeah. Now all we got to do is keep going. We just keep going and say, so why? Yeah. Because why? that's why you became honest. You became honest because you found out you was the villain. Yeah. So why are you the villain? Why why are you scared of complacency? The real reason I have no idea why. I'm just I've I don't know, man. I seen I don't even, it ain't even got anything to do with relationships. It's just like the life. Oh, we know it has nothing to do with relationships. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the life. Like, it's I have no, a, it's I have a not knowing either. So yeah. I have an uncle. It's like it's not nothing to do with like I just have like I have two uncles and they still stay at like my grandma and granddaddy house and they like in their mid forties, like one about to be fifty type. You gonna and, love our series because when I tell you everything in your life stems from trauma. Yeah, and that's another word that's over. That's another word that could be overused, but I think it's used perfectly. Yeah. And so both of them, both of them, like they still like one stay like it's a two, it's a two bedroom house. One stay in the living room, one stay in his room. And like one of one of my uncles, like he has like he has this woman. It's like it's his lady, but he won't like commit to her. They have a child. She get ready, she getting ready to graduate Clemson, graduate from Clemson. She has a child. He won't get married to her. They won't move in together. They won't do anything type. And then I got my other uncle. And he just had he just had two kids, like fresh two kids. Like if you look at if you I send you a picture right now, you can be like Tony them your kids. Like <laughs> so it's just like I don't want like I don't want to be that. So I want to wait until I got everything that I feel like I need to get done, be done, and then maybe I may maybe not saying this a hundred percent given, but probably then I commit. I don't want to go too deep into it, but that yeah. also sounds like um, you feel like you're not worthy of that level yet. Oh, you yeah. Feel like you're not worthy of someone to love you at your current state and to push you to the next state. You feel like you're not. I'm, I'm good enough for a good time. I'm good enough to hold you down. I'm a great friend. We talk about this all the time. I'm, I'm a great friend. I'm a loyal friend, but I'm not worthy of love because shit. If I give her this at this level and she gives it back to me, then we're going to be stuck here forever. Thanks. And now we got to, you know, we'll dig deeper, figuring out the why. Like, why do you feel unworthy? Because that's what it is. Oh, yeah. I didn't heard that before. Yeah. Well, you are worthy. Okay. Tell me. You no, are. I'm not a haircut. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. And that's, I think that's something a lot of young black men um, struggle with, especially when you come. Oh, don't don't lift it. I was I was. I'm gonna take it out for the joint. But I feel like a lot of young black men suffer of that syndrome, especially when you don't come from a two parent household. You don't come yeah. from successful lineage. You know what I'm saying? You're not a college. You're first generation. We create these checklists that women are more flexible with, which we shouldn't be. But y'all create these checklists of. I got to do this, 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 this before I settle down because I don't want to be like the niggas back home. I don't want to be like my daddy. I don't want to be like my, you know, you create this super strict 
you say you don't want to move with logic, but that list is illogical because on one hand, life is too short. We could die tomorrow. Yep. On another hand, I got to make sure I have 50K in the account. Before <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we have to find a way to mesh them together in order to, you know, minimize the toxicity because it ain't going to go away. Minimize it. People don't want to take chances, man. That's all it is. You want right. people. You talking about people. Yeah, I don't want to take chances. I don't want to take chances, man. So a question, uh, uh, one of my last questions is yeah. what happens if a significant other um, relationship-wise comes up and disproves you as far as like that the attitude that, that we formulated like what 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 happens if she comes up and, and shows you that you can be more shows you that you're worthy of being loved how do you then treat her oh that's my little baby isn't he pushes her away i'm gonna answer that for you no he i don't push her away i'm not ready for you right now and you're gonna Look. push she's gonna be your little baby but you're not gonna wife her because you're not that that self-worth no, nah, no, nah, it's nothing like it's nothing, it's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. What's your answer? If you have like if you have the mentality that I'm gonna push you and do this, like I say, other than like a handful of like some women, like some women I dealt with, they just like sit in the background and wait for me to say something. That's why I say people don't make choices. Like you wait until I say something and then you want to say something. But all right, I need not I need, but I think like uh men fall in love with women that's like their mothers. Uh like that, I think that applies to me. Like my mama pushed me, so and pushes still pushes me. So a woman that pushes me, I definitely she I don't know, I probably fall in love again. Cause it happened, it, it's happened before. A woman pushed me, I fell in love with her, and that's it. Like I'm not pushing you to the side or anything like that. Now my actions, as far as like me being a man, <laughs> that might push you to the side. But like as far as like me and you in a relationship, like you are my lady. We call that self sabotage. My girl likes to sabotage. In the, in the, I love, yeah. In my she takes so much more in her heart, God. She can only live for the moment. Why I never know it. Guess I'll meet her right back and start. I got we're gonna drop the toxic playlist up this. And you know that's a toxic individual. But no, we call that self-sabotage, but there's layers to that. Um there's mul there's multiple layers to that. Um we may definitely invite you back on the show when we talk about fuels you because we need to dive deeper into this for mm -hmm. sure. That's me. I think I think our next month is gonna be follow-ups as far as like uh, more precise, more specific topics to things that y'all have witnessed this month. So um Tony Tonto or Tony Graham, we appreciate your honesty. Thank you. We're gonna dive deeper into it. And we thank you for checking in today. Uh, we thank you for acknowledging that everyone has toxic traits. Yeah. Also acknowledging that you know how it affects the people that you deal with. Yeah, facts. Hey, in future, definitely not toxic at all. Here, cry, baby. Oh, again, again, you could be multiple things. Again, again. again. <laughs> My man, not toxic. He said Lori Harvey name twenty times on his album. You could yeah. be a snip and toxic. 
ain't even hear what my man said. He said, he said give me glory, give me glory, give me victory. Boy, you could you could be multiple things, and I think we need to stop thinking that human beings are not multidimensional. And you know, then Drake toxic. He is toxic. I agree. That's who that's be the toxic king. Every album since Take Care, he's been calling out a woman who moved on with his, her life. That's toxic. If you move on with your life and I'm if you moved on with your life and I'm the biggest thing out and I keep calling your name saying, Oh, I miss the times we had. Again, you think you gotta be one or the other. It's okay. <laughs> We're gonna talk. We're gonna work on you. Just follow that, man. We love you, Tonto. You know you no, check out through. Thank you. I'll be easy. <laughs> man, there's so many ways we can go with this, man. Talk toxicity is a real thing, even by the definition that we've given it to where it kind of just mirrors the idea of like what are the flaws within ourselves that are affecting others. Yeah, I think I think everyone's biggest issue is, well, she's worse. Mm. It's like that's it. Toxic, you toxic. Just just take it. Get yeah. just now. Future is toxic. There yeah. are more toxic people. There are less toxic people. He's also emotional. You can still be toxic. Like it's okay. Absolutely, we got to bring her on. But looking at futures um, tweets, it was a tweet that was that was recently. I thought I had the screenshot, but it was like, you know, don't get drunk and tell an ugly girl. Treat an ugly girl like a pretty girl. Treat an ugly girl like a pretty girl. And so, just that mindset at whatever age, what I like to to look into the future for a future episode is just to look at the idea of maturity and how toxicity can align with immaturity or maturity. And I'm not here to gauge anybody as mature or immature, but there has to be some type of level. You know what? I feel like maturity masks toxicity. I'd rather an immature person be toxic than a mature person. Because a mature person, oh, yeah. toxic, they're going to gaslight you. They're going to, you're going to be questioning. Like, that's when manipulation taps in. You know, not the obvious manipulation, but you just realize my favorite color ain't even blue. This nigga been buying me blue shit for six years. And now I tell him, you know what I'm saying? I think maturity masks toxicity. It doesn't change it or reduce it. I think it definitely masks it. Oh. And there's so many ways we can go, whether it be Tony's story, whether we bring Menar back up and ask her what she's going through. We can go into like insecure. We can go into um, how to get away with murder just, just ended and looking at Annalise, all she went through. We can bring up books. We can bring up artists. We can bring up anything in pop culture. But I think to wrap up, the best thing to bring up is like our lives. Like what, what have we been through? What do we know? How are we toxic? And what does that mean about us? Ooh, what does it say about me? And I think our last guest can help us with that, you know, with more honesty, because this is a baby radio. All we do is honest. So right now we want to bring to the stage Miss Demonica. Hello, hello, hello. Can y'all hear me? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Perfectly. How are y'all? How's everything? This This conversation has been like, really, really good. I didn't know what to expect, but it's been really good. So It's wild because at the end of the day, even when we started this live stream or podcast or whatever you want to call it, 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 it it's become like a therapy session. Mm-hmm. Whether it be the guests or 
whoever watches it, our goal is for it to be therapy. Mm-hmm. We want to make therapy cool. We want to make self-awareness cool. And so you coming on um, out the gate, we want to ask you, you know, how are you? Like, tell us about yourself. Tell, tell us what you do as far as making people more self-aware. Um, so I am a mental health professional. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. Um, and I work with families and children. Um, and so what I do is really just try to look at relational dynamics and help people break those issues down. And um, I think parts of it are layers of mental health. And then what I'm learning, because 80 to 90 percent of my clients are people of color, is that a lot has to do with trauma. Um, so I'm more of a cognitively based clinician. And so um, a lot of my focus is like realizing behaviors and um, thoughts and emotions. And I just really feel like having a light on self-awareness can, I don't know, shift your your relationship dynamics, shift your behaviors, and then get you the life that you want. Shifts your life. Once you know why you do what you do, it shifts your life. But mm-hmm. I just want to know she said license. Yeah. <laughs> L-I-S-C-E. Credentials. 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 I just want to know that. Credentials. Well, really, Yaya, hats off to you because you were speaking all facts. Loved all of it. I just just be want to walk around and diagnose people. I just be wanting to let them know Mm. there's a reason. Like even you Mm -hmm. saying, I'm I'm just excited to learn more because you don't do things because you want to. Like an infant, maybe, but even them, they learn stuff. So mm-hmm. the fact that we're late twenties, about to be thirty somethings, I just want you to know that don't think you're that in, that much of an individual. Something right. altered that behavior. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to, like you said, trauma and toxicity. Right. Yeah. Ooh. Absolutely. Yeah. I think um, something that stood out to me was a comment that Tony made. He said. Um, something about being the way he is and it's not even about relationships and that's absolutely false. Like people assume that when we say relationships, we mean romantic, but like the fact that we're humans, we're wired to connect. So something somewhere taught you about connection. Mm-hmm. And that's really what, I mean, that's what all of this about is about. If you're not connecting, if you're not feeling like you're worth love or worth belonging, then something is miswired and then you have your toxic trait. Oof. And that's how you cook it up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it's cooked. Point yeah. blank. I de- definitely, I use the word abandonment a lot because I always think like, oh, you have abandonment issues. Oh, and, you know, in college, this is, sounds really bad, but in college, daddy, she got daddy issues was like thrown around a lot, you know, mm-hmm. like it was immediate, like, oh, she got daddy issues. And I recently read something that said it's not it's daddy issues, but it's not because it's a bad example. I've seen great examples and now you're not adding up to it mm-hmm. or the idea of I don't want a man like my dad. I'm running, running, running. I end up with someone just like him. Again, unconscious decisions, like you said, belonging, connectivity. So I didn't even catch that with Tony. It is relationship-based, point blank, period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's real. So I think with you, we want to dive into, you can can interject however you want to, but I want to give you some personal stuff. 
And I think Ayat, she may, if not, we'll give you, you know, some just some questions and ideas. But just piggybacking off the off of Tony. Try to get serious. I'm trying to get serious. It don't take too much. But as a young black man, I'm 30, so I can't even say I'm young. But even the idea of like, okay, I'm grown now. I have to be grown now. I have to be mature. I have to have it all together. When we talk about toxicity, the idea that, you know, what we don't have together can affect somebody else. It, it has affected me to the point where it's like a second, triple, quadruple, you know, plus, 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 like judge what I'm doing in life. Like I look mm-hmm. at it and say, am I doing the right thing? And that's not even considering like what the world, as far as worldly things, are telling me what's right and what's wrong. Mm-hmm. So as a young black man, not taking away from anybody else who experiences things, no matter what you what you identify yourself as, but growing up without a father, growing up with my grandfather and then growing up around a lot of young men, a lot of younger younger men who were like experienced and then growing up around a lot of old men who were like fugazi, who were like crazy and cheating on their wives and, and, and doing all the extra stuff. I grew up and it was like, okay, what it, what is a man supposed to be? And so I asked you my first question, um, just off the top, like how does society play a part in the development of a black male psyche when it comes to tox- toxicity and maturity mm-hmm. and being a good man and living a fulfill a life of fulfillment? Like what is how does the world really even it affects us in a certain way? So from your viewpoint, how does it? That's a heavy question for the first one. Just want to let you know. No, it would be you if it wasn't that way. No, um, but on a more serious note, so just a, a quick little background. So I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, but I sometimes say that that's a bit of a misnomer because we really just look at systems. And so that's really how I view all of my clients, your system within a system within a system. So when you think about the African-American community and how a lot of fathers aren't present, you're already in a system that's broken, so to speak. You're missing a lot of role models, expectations, guidelines that you need. And then you layer on another system of society telling you what you should be. So what happens is you get conflicting messages in your head of what I should be, what I need to be. And then that challenges self-worth. And so that's how these, I mean, again, these ideas of toxicity exist. You have two conflicting, competing ideas of what you are. And your community, Black men are great. We love them, but they're not here. They're not around. They didn't stay. They didn't support us. That's conflicting. And then when they are, they Right, right. And so, and then you have America thinking black men are scary. They're no good. They're thugs. They're all of these things. So it's constantly conflicting messages. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I feel like a lot of times when I do see black men, it's, I don't know who I want to be. I don't know what do I I model after? What do I look at? You know, I have a mom who was great who taught me this, but she's a woman. Like who helps me understand what I'm going through? 
And so it's like a constant battle of then needing to measure up and show I'm man enough. I'm strong enough. I'm brave enough. Um, So again, back to self-worth. And I think that's like a large part for me and what I've seen when it comes to realizing what those traits are, your negative behaviors is because your self-worth, you don't believe that you're worthy of whatever it is, fill in the blank, worthy of love, worthy of respect, worthy of whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I kind of went off. Oh, okay. oh. We got, we got. Monica, cut y'all. Say it one more time. Cut my ba- volume down. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's like, that that definitely makes so much more sense. And then you have the aspect of not even wanting to talk about just relationship relationships, but then, like you said, you have this great mom who teaches you things, but then she also teaches you what women accept and don't accept. Right. Mm-hmm. Men that she brings around, whether occupationally, you either want to be like them or you're like, no, I, you know, a woman shouldn't accept that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That, right. That keeps coming up of, do you split bills? Do you not split bills? Like all these ideologies, society is constantly telling you what to do as a person. Yeah. And then when Brian says something, I always get on him. He said the world views. I like to say American views because a young black man in Sudan is being taught totally different things. Mm-hmm. Versus a young black man here. Then you have a young black man in Europe is being taught mm-hmm. totally different things than the person here. You know what I'm saying? Like those societies those systems you talked about you will belong to so many different systems but then i don't think that we know as individuals there's no right way or wrong way of doing things Mm -hmm. so we're constantly trying to figure out what's the perfect way i could be Mm -hmm. right you look like you in deep thought i mean that's what it is i'm 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 building a house building a, a marriage building a family building a future so it's at the end of the day, I'm looking at the things I've been through in my past and saying, you know, how is it affecting? Because if I look at the definition we we allotted, we're saying anything related to related to or caused by poison. So in that, as an aspect, as a mature man, you're saying what is poisonous from my past, how can I eliminate it? Anything that's harmful to a person's being, again, anything what I say I do, how can I eliminate that? So I don't harm anybody, specifically my wife, my family and our surroundings and anything that attempts to depreciate your value. And I think that third one is not just on the family aspect of like the wife or the house or the the kids that's coming in the future, anything like that. It's like when it comes to depreciate your value, you look in the mirror and look at yourself like you can be toxic for yourself and say what I've experienced in the past is making me look at myself as less than I can be. And so I think not just me at a certain level, I think there are other young men that are younger than me, older than me, who look at themselves and say, I'm less than because of the things that are around me. And so now you're being toxic to yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't know what to say to that. And so I'm glad you're here for that. I do have, I have a question as far as it goes, because I feel like black women have had a head start on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, They've had a, we've had a more of a self-awareness, like a mirror to ourselves. And part of it goes to how society, like you hear all these things and then you get to see um, something I kind of joke around about, but not really is. I always said, if I get pregnant with a son, I'm probably going to cry because it's scary. 
Yeah. No disrespect to any man in my life, but I've never seen a black man raised perfectly from start to finish. I don't have a many black male role models that I could be like, oh, if my son doesn't turn out just like they did, there's this, 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 this. Versus women, I can, there are at least 30 women. If my daughter turns out like them, I'm perfectly fine. So when we think about that, how it had, how are the systems working against black women as far as it goes, like mental health wise and their toxicity? Because we, we could be very toxic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like black women toxicity, I don't want to blame us, but it affects men, whether it's mother to son, sister, brother, you know, girlfriend, wife, whatever it is. I think all of that feeds into the toxicity. And then oftentimes these toxic as men have daughters and all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, my daughter's a woman. So that means every woman in your life has failed. That's what I get from it. <laughs> so like, how are these systems working against black women and how we can try to unpack that? Yeah. So if I think I'm hearing you correct, your question is, you know, as black women, we're advancing as it pertains to mental health and we're becoming more self-aware. Yeah. And how are we then experiencing barriers or challenges because of our foot ahead, so to speak, right? So I think, um, honestly, I think it feeds into like the strong black woman complex Mm. that we have to always have our stuff together and we have to always be strong and um, be aware and check our behavior, check our thought. And I think that goes against, um, it goes against self-awareness, to be honest. It goes against being vulnerable. It goes against, you know, it, and I wouldn't even say eliminating, be why you said eliminating toxicity, but it goes against all of that. Because if you're trying to be a self-aware so you can be better mm-hmm. and be perfect and be put together, um, that's problematic, mm. right? Because the point of it is not to eliminate it, it's to acknowledge it and say, hey, like my toxicity is in the room with me. How can I have a relationship with it so it doesn't impact me negatively and impact the people around me negatively? So I think, I don't know, I think, and I've had that issue myself. I feel like it just makes, it fuels you to want to be perfect. Like, oh, now that I know that this is my area of of weakness and that I need to grow, what are all the the action steps that I can do to then fix it? Mm. Instead of just sitting in it and saying like, this is me. This is something that I deal with. And how can I just be more compassionate and empathetic with myself? I'm glad you said that. Uh, I've heard that a lot. I suffer from anxiety. And I've heard that a lot to not, you can't get rid of anxiety. You need to be able Mm -hmm. to have a conversation with anxiety in the room with you. Like, okay, sis, we about to do this. I know you (laughs) got locked up. But, you know, being able to have that conversation. So being able to have that conversation with toxicity instead Mm -hmm. of eliminating it. that's, Mm -hmm. That's very powerful. Yeah, because maybe that's your toxic trait that you're anxious. I'm anxious, too. So that takes me down a rabbit hole of all these things that's going on. Now I got to accuse you or come at you. Or now I have to be defensive to hold my position. How to control it. Like, right. Situation. Exactly. But I just have to tell myself, like, I can't control the situation. You know, I don't know what's going on. You Slow yourself down and really just have more empathy and compassion for yourself. And I think that's what we need to look at as a people. Like, how can we empathize with one another? Yeah. But like, I think the core for all of this, I think I already said it, is just vulnerability. That's the measure of toxicity for me. Your willingness to be vulnerable. 
Can you sit in that space with yourself? Can you sit in that space with your partner and be vulnerable? Because the moment that you aren't vulnerable, defenses go up and all these different things happen. We're not getting to the get into the problem. We're not getting to the core and we're not making ourselves better. Now you're reacting. Tim. Yep. I do have like when we talk about self-worth as far as toxicity, when it comes to black men and black women. And this is something that I've been trying to do more research on. Black women, we measure our worth with accomplishments. Mm -hmm. That's why we're leading in education. We rack up degrees. Black men do. And it's like, what do black men measure their self worth? Is it women? Is it being desired? Because black women, that whole strong black woman, you immediately not taking anything away because, okay, if I get doctor in front of my name, y'all going to hear it. But (laughs) it's that. We're measuring ourselves with like, oh, he cheated on me. Let me tell you how good I am. Like, Mm -hmm. let me get my credentials. So that's how we measure our self-worth, which is sadly toxic. Mm -hmm. Because it's not about you as a person anymore. It's about what you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Brian, this could be for you too. Like, how do you feel like you struggle with like that whole self-worth? What do you measure yours with? How do you make other people feel? How secure? Because as black men, you're told to be providers. You're told to be Mm -hmm. head of the household. Even in 2020. And I mean, not bringing races into it, but white men are not head of the household at certain tax brackets. That's not something that they're pushing onto them. If you're making a, you know what I'm saying? It's not constantly pushed on them. So for you, how do you feel like you as a person or black men as a whole measure self-worth? I mean, I think something me and my fiance talked about a couple of weeks ago was the idea of like, Words of affirmation, which came from the mm-hmm. love language conversation. And I think even even with me, not even talking to other guys, especially black guys, minority guys, I, I think words of affirmation is heavy as far as men in general, um, because it kind of tells us that what we're doing is the right thing because we come from a place where we don't know what the right thing is. I think even when when what we talk about, like when the baby started. Like when the baby started at USC, it was kind of like a flood of, here goes some shirts. Mm-hmm. And if you like the shirt, then we good. Like, and, and the shirts took over. Not even the idea of like what I've been through or, or whatever, but those shirts represented an affirmation that when I had like the change progression growth on it, when mm-hmm. I had like the, the idea of, okay, we're trying to do something different. I, I don't know what I would do without the idea the actions of other people confirming that what I believed in and what I sought after and what I wanted to do and what I saw as my future. I don't know what I would do if they didn't tell me in some action that it was the right thing. Mm -hmm. And in us creating an organization that's based off of self-awareness, like looking in the mirror and believing yourself, I know that's contradicting, but at the same time, that's really the basis of it all. Like I, I let a bevy go until I did the Why Are You Alive tour mm-hmm. in front of whether it be three, three individuals or 120 individuals. And they were like, no, a bevy makes sense. And that's what took my life to the next level. When I got back in a relationship with my fiance, it was okay. So you do believe in me. So now we can go higher. So I really don't even know what the other side looks like. I don't know if I asked your question, but I don't even know what the other side looks like as far as like 
but it's measured and it, and it sounds bad because it's for like for me i struggle with that too but like for you your self-worth was still measured by other people yeah like it still was measured by other people's confirmation for you definitely yeah. we need to work on it yeah. hey, we go deep now i, I start <laughs> here now work on that right. but i definitely like as a whole toxicity whether it affects other people or not, it could still exist. Like it could, mm -hmm. it could live in by itself. That's it. Like whether you hurt anybody in your life or whether you're in self isolation in jail, if you talk mm -hmm. toxic, like you still have to deal with those things. And I think a lot of times we deal with how it affects others. We we deal with the damage it causes others. Oh, my mouth slick. That's my toxic trait. Okay, I'll stop talking to people, but I'm still thinking those bad thoughts. You know what I'm saying? Right. Mm -hmm. So. Dealing with it and how it harms us instead of how it harms others may be our first step. Mm -hmm. mm. Definitely. And so with that, Demonic, I think a question I have for you, outside of the fact that you might get a call for next week or, you know, <laughs> or next month. Because when we talk about trauma, honey, we need yeah, yeah. to happen to trauma. We let toxicity go for a little bit, but toxicity aligns in everything we're saying. So. For you, we started off with the idea with the great Menard saying that we have some type of control. We definitely have mm -hmm. some control over how toxicity affects us. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give someone who recognizes, first question, what advice would you give someone who recognizes that they're toxic themselves? I mean, what advice would I give them? I don't what? know. I always feel like acknowledgement is, is the first step. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you can acknowledge that you're toxic, I think my advice would be to give yourself some grace. Like, whew, I'm at level one, you know, and I know that sounds really odd, but I don't think you should acknowledge it, jump in and say, OK, let me fix myself because I'm just so broken. Like, take a step, acknowledge it and then be like, all right, I'm able to acknowledge it. What next? Um Next advice, get you a good therapist. That's, I mean, that's why I'm here. Get you a good therapist. You've acknowledged it. Get you a good therapist who can really unpack it with you and identify like how, like, like Ayat said, how it's impacting you, but your relationships. Um, and then get some, some steps in place of what you need to not eliminate it, but to work with it. Um, so yeah, that, those are the two things that I would say. Mm. I do want to say a lot of times mental health to me, like I want to use that example. It's not like when you get a cold, because when you get a cold, you can go to the store and buy your own medicine. Mm -hmm. It's cancer. And you don't have to counter medicine for it. You have to go to the person who can be in charge of it. And that's something that it took me a long time before I went to therapy because I was like, oh, let me tell you what's wrong with me. Self-diagnosed. <laughs> and then... Since I'm self-diagnosed, I'll try this and I'll try that. Kind of like, okay, I'm sneezing. Is it allergies? Let me buy some Zyrtec. Oh, it's not that. Let me go buy some Benadryl. Like, it's not a cold that you can go to the store and just get what you want for it. Mm -hmm. It's cancer. It's a broken mm -hmm. arm. You have to go to the spe like spe special physician for that. Mm -hmm. Your mental health. You cannot. Right. If you self-diagnose, good job. But you can't self-heal. Mm-hmm. Mm, that's good. I like that. And I think, too, you can't 
go to the store and just get a, a quick fix. Like this is continuous. It's ongoing. And every stage of life that you hit, it might come up again because this is a new stage. This is something different that I have to work through. And now my toxicity is coming back because I've lived with it. But now I have to deal with it now that I have kids and I've never had kids. Before. Yes. Let me hurt. Let me hurt some feelings a little bit. Let me hurt some feelings. A bit. <laughs> she said it's not a quick fix. OK. Self-care Sunday won't solve it. Mm. Self-care Saturday won't solve it. Putting on a mask and loving on yourself won't solve it. Mm-mm. It'll tame it. It'll definitely tame it. I'm guilty of that. I'll wake up Monday morning feeling. But like you said, another chapter or something else will happen and it'll flame back up. Right. That's it. Brian, what you got to say? He over there like you. Yeah. I'm good, man. I got, I got stuck in like the thought process of my last question. So I, I just pre- appreciate the Monica coming through. And I definitely want to see you back next week. Next week, we want to dive a little deep into trauma as far as relationships, mm-hmm. where it comes from. So we'll definitely be reaching out to you about that. Sure. Okay. Other than that, I guess a question or just some advice straight to the point for someone in a relationship, um, in a, a world, um, when they, even when they look in the mirror, if they're dealing with, with a toxic behavior, when they're dealing with toxicity, what's some advice you can give someone who is like, it's from the outside and it's affecting them and whether they know it or not. So they have a toxic trait, but they don't realize it. No. So something on the outside oh. is toxic. What's the advice you can give somebody who is is dealing with that? Outside things coming in. That's toxic. Extra toxic. toxic. Real toxic. Yeah. Um, I think first for me and just kind of reflecting on like my clients and then just myself is I think first you have to know your own worth and your own value because the more you know that you can block. It's going to still come through, but you can block it and filter it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you really have to look within and know your worth and your value and speak that on yourself. Like, I know this about me. This is what's true about Demonica. And I'm not going to let the world change that. Um, So that that's what I would say. You have to know your worth. You have to know your values. But that could be hard. So if you don't know that, get you a good therapist. Who can help you get there? <laughs> Who can help you get there? Yeah. Because that might not, everybody may not know that. So that's first. And they're going to help you. Thank explore. you. I want to piggyback on that question, but make it a little bit more specific because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times we feel like the solution is remove yourself. I like your reiteration. You can't heal your parents. Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, some of us can, but we can't. So when the toxicity is coming from someone that you love that is a parent or someone in the household or a grandparent, how do you try not to absorb that? Oh, now I understand you better. Okay. So one thing that, that I teach my clients is like boundaries and being able to set and maintain boundaries. That's the biggest thing that I always teach my clients. Um, and that's just because... Those people in your life are toxic and it's easy to say, cut them off. But if it's your parent or your sibling, you may not want to do that. So 
you have to form boundaries and then you have to have uh, a megaphone or a, a box to be able to say, these are my boundaries and this is how I'm maintaining them. And I think you made a good point of like, just because people have certain issues, they may not want to fix them. Mm, yeah. So acknowledging like, this is how you are and that's okay. But I cannot accept X, Y, Z. That's my boundary. So just know if you come in the room and you're being negative, I'm going to remove myself. We can still have a relationship. I still love you. I still want to hang out, kick it, talk. But that's my boundary for me to protect my mental health. That's what we have. Boundaries. Because that's my biggest thing is like, I know sometimes the person who's toxic to you, especially after going to therapy, you start unpacking stuff and it it hits a roadblock because you can't do, you can't cut off certain people. Mm -hmm. But just creating that boundary and saying, hey, I'm working on me. Even if you don't want to work on you. Right. Don't come in here. And you know what? Tabitha Brown says that so well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she says I love her. Well. So yeah. she says, have a great day. But even if you're not having a good one, don't you go messing up somebody else's. And I just, I love that. Mm-hmm. Who we appreciate you. Yeah. This yeah, this was, this was good. good. I am. I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. So thank you yeah. for having me. Absolutely. We'll definitely be, you know, in touch as far as whether it be something we can do live in the future whenever they come back around or we're going to continue to, to to give out this digital self-awareness, um, these digital lessons, this digital therapy. And we appreciate you for checking in with us. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Much love, Monica. Thank you. How you feel? You feel like I'm gonna go in here, you know, stare at the wall and be like, hopefully the wall turns into a mirror. I might go to the mirror and just be like straight up, you know, as far as the therapy we're giving, like what does it mean about us? You know, because toxic by definition, again, just looking at this definition, uh, anything related to a cause by poison, that's something that we've all experienced. We've, we've been, all experienced poison. It's and it's in us. Anything that's harmful to a a person's being. And so if that poison is there, it's going to affect others. And anything that attempts to depreciate your value, and not only just the people we encounter, but just ourselves, like how is that uh, depreciating ourselves? And I feel like you got to peel back what you were looking for when you say toxicity, because mm-hmm. anything that damages your being. I don't drink, but I feel like when friends are encouraging you to do that a lot, and you're doing that a lot, that's damaging something in your being. Yeah. Um, you're encouraged to do things that are not good for your soul. Like, oof, it's definitely layered. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And I think um this this event, a baby radio is here for us to, you know, go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Yeah. I don't even think there's like a it gets it gets so shallow. Even when you go deep, it's like there's so much more in it's depth always, that we can go. So it's I'm always here for it. I appreciate you for you know. This is it. I love yeah. it. I yeah. knew today was really good. Yeah, and I appreciate it. I'm real toxic this week. I ain't even gonna lie to y'all. Okay. I'm scared of next week. So if anybody's listening now, I'm scared of next week. Um, we're gonna dive into trauma. Oh yeah, now, and how trauma you. So I, I need y'all tuned in. How trauma? Listen. How yeah. it fuels the person that you are. It'll be episode one of a series. So. We're gonna. We know we can't tackle that in one episode. 
So make sure you stay tuned for that. So again, to wrap this thing up, um, we want to bring some art into your life. Yad, if you want to go first, uh, let them know what you got. Um, I consistently keep having books because I'm not a DJ and, you know, I'm never going to compete musically with Brian. But this book is called The Sobbing School. Um, it's a, it's lots of poetry. It's by this amazing poet named Joshua Bennett. Um, he's performed in the White House. But it's really about Black history and the Black experience in the United States. Um, amazing book. Amazing, amazing. And it's a quick read. So definitely check it out. Y'all know me. I'll let y'all borrow my books, which I got to bring them back. <laughs> no, she'll mail it to you too now. I, I got like two of hers at least. <laughs> me on my end, I want to share a song by uh, Sean Carter and Beanie Siegel or Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel. It's called Where Have You Been? It's about their uh, relationships with their fathers and how it affected them once they hit fame and, and once they did, you know, got to a different level. So check that song out. And that's one of the first songs between me and my sister. I think we were like, I was like 11, 12. She was like 13, 14. We knew the song word for word as far as like just going up to our father and acknowledging the things that we lacked and looking back, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't realize how that affected who we, we who we, who we would become. So if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, what I mean, tearing up. I've never heard of that. I definitely got to tune into yeah, that. We got to pull that up. And so it's just an honest revelation of uh, how they view their fathers, a conversation they wish they could have with their fathers which as far as being a fan of Jay-Z, he later had, and it, it, it was dictated through other songs. But overall, I just remember being a young kid, a young teen, and me and my sister like singing this song like because our father wasn't in our life, but we weren't recognizing how that actually affected us. And even in my father's current passing, us wanting to have a relationship with him and the dichotomy between those two feelings. And so given what we're talking about today, uh, toxicity, where toxicity stems from. We knew that song kind of, you know, represented something that we went through. So definitely check out Where Have You Been by Jay-Z and Beanie Siegel off Dynasty Rock La Familia. Um, Jay-Z's, I think, fifth album. Mm. Shout out to Rockefeller, baby. I need to yes. change. I just want to leave y'all with hey. licensed therapist, Demonica said, if you know your toxic trait, give yourself grace. And I think a lot of people suffer with that. So good job to you. Yeah. So big shout out to social media for making it something to talk about because what we want to do is make it something that we can make ourselves better through. So also shout out to Tony Graham, shout out to Menar, the great Menar, Big Moss Menar for defining it for us. And uh, I think we had a good episode. I think yeah. we're going to be able to take it further in the future. Definitely tune in next week. It'll be worth, well worth it. Yeah. I'm back. There. Yeah. That wraps us up, episode seven. Um, thank you. Thank you, Dia Yasali. We appreciate you. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you. There we go. We'll see you next week. <laughs>